As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding. My name is Jared Weiss. I am joined by a new face here on Friday mornings, ladies and gentlemen. Introducing Keith Parrish of Fast Break Breakfast. He's got a towel on his wall right now that says Fast Break Breakfast. I'm excited to have him aboard. Jared, thanks for having me. Is this an audio format? I was told it was uh, no video, so I was worried they couldn't see the towel behind me. It's actually no audio, just video. That's amazing. You really got to enunciate here. Well, as people can see, I'm about seven foot two and extremely muscular. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is a thick and jacked podcast, and we have to talk about a meaty performance from the Dallas Mavericks who beat the Brooklyn Nets, the somewhat floundering Brooklyn Nets here. They won this one 113 to 109. Luka Doncic. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 6 turnovers, a classic Luka Doncic stat line. I couldn't get over Luka Doncic's stat line because it was honestly so poor. It's like he was 5 for 10 from the free throw line. His shooting percentage was terrible. He had the 6 turnovers, but it's somehow he just they ground out the win. And, you know, despite Kyrie Irving's heroics... It didn't matter. It was basically the Mavericks were kind of like the football team that was just pounding the other team. It wasn't pretty, you know, three yards cloud of dust and then just punted and like, we're going to hang on. And, you know, an impressive win for the Mavericks who are who are surging at just the right time. And the Nets, yeah, they're in a bit of a slide, but I guess they don't care as much. They're just trying to uh, focus on getting healthy for the postseason. Yeah, it's kind of meaningless. And the fact that this might set up the Nets versus the Celtics in the first round, Kyrie versus the Celtics, makes it all the better. But yeah, Kyrie, to quantify how good he was, 45 points on 17 for 31 shooting with uh, four dimes and only one turnover. I mean, he just had that short range pull up game going tonight so well. I think you'll enjoy this. He was just the 17th player ever to have at least 45 points in a game with four steals and two blocks. So uh, it's basically all Hall of Famers and then the exceptionally cool Darius Miles. Those are the only people ever to wow. do that. Darius so, Miles, to the, the Kyrie Irving of his time, as we all knew him, obviously, back then. Yes. Yeah, he was before his time. I feel like he would have been appreciated even more now, I think, in the social media age. 
Oh, sure. I, I thought you meant like Darius was before Kyrie's time because we know that Kyrie transcends all time. So that's not quite possible. That is also true. Yes. Kyrie was great in this. Honestly, at this point, it's like, what's the point of talking about how great he is? He does this stuff every night. It's amazing. We know who he is. Dallas, it's usually a question of, is somebody else offensively going to step up and have a really good efficient scoring night? Tim Hardaway Jr., did it again. He did a really nice job stepping in for Luca when Luca was out earlier. In this game, he went eight for 16 from the field. Dwight Powell went four for four from the field. He had 12 points, 10 boards, and five dimes. My favorite dime of the night of his actually was I think this was him. Like, they kind of like the last play that basically iced it for them, where Luca swings it out to Dwight Powell. And right as the ball starting to come from Powell, Jalen Brunson cuts behind him and Powell's able to drop it off for him and Brunson gets to the rack. When you see their offense flowing in that manner, when it's not just Luka driving and making those amazing kickouts, which you did see him do a few times in the fourth quarter, but like everybody else is kind of flowing off of each other and the attention being paid to Luka distracts everybody. That's when this Dallas team can be really, really good. And we saw that tonight in a game without Kristaps Porzingis. I think Dwight Powell might be the key to this Mavericks team that it seems to be surging at the right time. It might be coincidence, but to me, it seems very much tied to Dwight Powell looking like he looked pre-injury, being more athletic, being able to finish those lobs. You got Willie Cauley-Stein out there bricking dunk after dunk and missing alley-oop after alley-oop, and having Dwight Powell in there to be spry and athletic once again seems to have really uh, be benefiting the Mavs right now. I mean, I think Willie's just out there to pad Dorian Finney-Smith's rebounding numbers. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's his main <laughs> yeah. role. You talked about Dallas hitting their stride at the right time. We saw last year, Dallas, if they're fully healthy, they could give anybody a run. Do they look like they're in that kind of spot now again? I wouldn't go that far. I still think they're, uh, you know, if they do end up with this five seed, which has been very interesting as the Lakers slide and the Trailblazers, you know, ha haven't been as strong. If they do end up playing like the Nuggets in the first round, you know, the Nuggets have been amazing without Jamal Murray, but we still feel like maybe they're playing a little bit over their head. And so that could be maybe a matchup, but I don't think the Mavericks have any business hanging with the, the top three seeds in the West. So I do think they're, they're maybe they're at a spot where they can end up with that five seed and totally avoid the play-in, and that's really good for them. I'm not particularly optimistic that they can do much more than that as far as like win a round of the playoffs. Let's get to the game of the night for me, which was the Washington Wizards once again winning. They beat the Toronto Raptors 131 to 129 in an extra frame. This was just the kind of usual offensive output that you expect from the Wizards where Kyle Neto and Robin Lopez combined for 49 points. Yeah, if you're a daily fantasy player, you picked up those guys, you have you have special skills and congratulations on your winnings. What a great way to get rich just watching Robin Lopez go six for eight from the field, 12 for 14 from the free throw line. It was just classic Lopez. What's amazing about this game, I mean, outside of the uh, fantasy exploits, and it's, it's, I mean, honestly, this fantasy exploits, you have uh, Russell Westbrook, the basketball reference guys pointed out, he's the first player in NBA history to have over 50 rebounds and 50 assists in a three-game span. First guy ever to do that. Holy crap. So that just shows, like, the tear that Westbrook's on. But just this Wizards team that has just been winning game after game, basically ever since the trade deadline, they just keep taking care of business. I mean, tonight, it seemed like, with the Raptors resting Kyle Lowry and before the game, Nick Nurse, basically, it felt like he was saying the Raptors were tanking. I mean, he said the coded language of, you know, we chose to rest Kyle so we could evaluate some other players. But, I mean, that that's tank. And it seems like they don't want 
this 10 seed. They don't want the play in. The Wizards, however, do, and they keep winning. And it's again, it's, you know, I mean, Bradley Beal, he's in that scoring battle with Steph Curry, but I'm just in awe of like how fun Russell Westbrook is and just what he's been doing night after night for the past, uh, it's been like over a month almost. I think that Freddie Gillespie may factor into the Toronto future a little bit, but they probably aren't looking for him to uh, contribute to their winning at this point. So, yeah, it's safe to say with Washington getting this one, they pretty much clinched a 10 seed, and this was a clear tank. Although Pascal Siakam was not tanking in this game. He had 44 points, 11 boards, 7 assists. I mean, this was one of his best performances of his entire career, especially with the way that he just kept attacking down the stretch over and over and over again. He was the reason they were even in overtime. Well, it's strange when you put it that way that, you know, because honestly, you know, Siakam is playing over 40 minutes. I mean, I know it's an overtime game, but like Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. and Kim Birch are out there, and they're all playing their full minutes, and it is interesting where you wonder why Kyle Lowry is sitting. If You know, like, if he's not healthy, okay, but when you say we're sitting him maybe to just evaluate some other guys, then it's like mixed messages. It's like, go for the wins. We see these teams, and I think the league has benefited, and especially on Thursday night, it benefited from teams playing hard where maybe in other circumstances than in other seasons they would not. You have the Bulls, like, who, who pulled off a pretty good win with Zach Levine's return, beating the Hornets. Like, they are chasing. They want to get in the play-in. And you have some of the tanking teams, like the Pistons pulled off a win over the Grizzlies, so maybe they don't care because of the flattened odds. But because of the flattened odds and because of the play-in, you think, well, Toronto, if you got healthy, you could be formidable. You could actually make the playoffs. Obviously, this team has had great success the past couple seasons, and if fully healthy you assume, or I think a lot of us assume, they could beat, I don't know, a Wizards or a Pacers. I mean, like, I think most people would pick a healthy Raptors team over the Pacers right now, uh, despite the Pacers winning a big game over the Hawks tonight. But again, it seems like the Raptors are like, you know what? We spent all year in Tampa. We're good. Let's just, let's just shut it down. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about Indiana because they beat the Atlanta Hawks 133 to 126. This was the game where assistant coach Greg Foster was suspended from the team after he got into an altercation with Goga Batadze, which honestly, I was kind of shocked that Goga wasn't the one getting suspended. Like, I mean, as much as I support the players doing what's best for them, you can't yell, uh, sit the F down to your coach in, on TV. So like, I, you got pretty lucky with the way that was handled. But whatever, the point is, is that Indiana got what might end up being their last win for Nate, but Domas Sabonis, 30 points, eight boards, nine dimes, doing what he usually does. Karis LeVert had one of his best games in a Pacers uniform with 31 points and 12 assists. And honestly, TJ McConnell was just so much fun to watch in this game. He had those little, like, uh, TJ McConnell, he takes a full pull-up shot from three feet away from the rim, and it's just it's spectacular to watch every <laughs> single time. 
TJ McConnell's been basically incredible this season. He get those Fred Van Vliet style block shots that are all like below the waist. Uh, and he's been just getting unreal number of steals. I mean, he posted that double digit steals this year and in a game. And so like, he's just been absolutely incredible, but like the Pacers, I can't figure out at all. Uh, like as a team, they've obviously been struck with a lot of injuries. And then these, all these recent reports over, you know, Nate, Bjorken's future, and then, like you said, the the Gogo Batadze issue, and Greg Foster getting suspended. I mean, it is the player empowerment era. So, if you want to tell your coach to sit down, maybe you can tell your coach to sit down. Maybe he needed to sit down. <laughs> I don't he know. needed to sit the fuck down, apparently. But <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, no better embodiment of the player empowerment era than watching the coach being the one getting suspended while the player only gets fined. <laughs> that was spectacular. And you're right. The Pacers have been the most erratic team in the league this year. And I mean, obviously, we know they're missing Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. TJ Warren's been out for the whole year. Like, they're really running on fumes here. But when they're at their best, they seem like a team that can is, is actually enjoyable to watch, for one, aesthetically, and could be competitive if they have everybody back for this playing tournament. Yeah, I'd say they're enjoyable to watch because they don't stop anyone. Outside of the steal numbers, when people are dropping 140 on you uh, pretty frequently, that is kind of fun. I'd be stunned if they made it out of the play-in, but I guess that's the whole point of the play-in. With one or two games, basically anything can happen. Credit. Indiana for holding the Atlanta Hawks to 126. That's Pacers defense right there. Our last game of the evening is the battle for Los Angeles, which was not much of a battle at all. The Clippers beat the Lakers 118 to 94. Who gives a crap about the game? We got to talk about the real story, which is Anthony Davis leaving in the first quarter with back spasms. He said after the game, according to our Jovan Buhan, Bill Orem, that he is planning on trying to play in Friday night's game, which is a really vital tiebreaker battle against Portland. What do you think of the AD situation? The fact that LeBron is basically probably not going to play until this, the postseason starts. And do you think that they can manage to actually get this tiebreak? Man, if if AD doesn't play in this huge Trailblazers game that'll decide, like you said, I mean, right now they're tied in the standings and that game will be the tiebreaker for those two teams in the postseason. And it's looking like the odds of the Lakers slipping into the play-in tournament are increasing greatly. I think it's now time for Lakers fans to panic just a little bit. Like, I've been a pretty calm and remembering, like, you know, LeBron does this where you, you, I feel like at the end of the regular season, you're like, oh, but then in the playoffs, it's fine. But this year, it's like, uh, you're really kind of pushing it close here. And if AD's out, like, you know, Andre Drummond is not the guy. He's not the answer. As a Marcus Gasol lifetime fan, I was distraught they even brought him on board to take away minutes from Gasol. But this Lakers team, they do not want to get mixed up in this play-in where basically anything can happen. And uh, yeah, I think if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm feeling pretty concerned right now. Yeah, and uh, you know, Marcus Soul was pretty unhappy about Andre Drummond coming there as well. And let's face it, I mean, LeBron, he does the Muhammad Ali rope dope every year, but Ali didn't wait till the twelfth round before he started fighting back. Like LeBron uh, is really pushing it this year, but that's fine. LeBron's like eighty years old, and that's what he has to do at this point. That's why the playing game is such a problem. Is you can expect LeBron to maybe find his footing in the first game or two of a series, and then pull them back into it, but. 
that's kind of a problem when you only get two shots at it. And we know that this is the team. They're the most top-heavy team in the league by design, right? So when they don't have LeBron out there, AD has to be scoring 40 a night to really carry this team. I mean, Kyle Kuzma's doing his best, and good credit to him for trying. But that's not going to get it done against the Blazers because we know the Blazers can put up 140 if they want to. And I really thought the Lakers this year had solved some of those top-heavy issues. Like, I thought coming into the year and for a while there, like, they were deep. But now, like, Dennis Schroeder's out with health and safety. But we thought, like, getting Montrezl Harrell would help. Like, Kyle Kuzma's had a great year, and you'd think they'd be able to have that. But, I mean, if any team loses their best two players, you're not going to be competitive. And so now you have the Lakers without LeBron, without AD. They were able to tread water for a while. Like, their defensive numbers are still good. But they're not going to be able to get it done. I mean, maybe you get to the play-in if everyone's healthy. I mean, the Spurs and the Grizzlies, maybe the wheels are coming off a little bit for them with all their extra scheduling stuff going on. But, like, you don't want to be facing, like, one game against Steph Curry, you know, for a a playoff spot. You don't play just one game, period, uh, for a playoff spot. And so... I think the Lakers, you know, they want to prioritize avoiding that and trying to stay in that sixth spot. But without LeBron able to go and with Anthony Davis now battling this back issue, it's a tall order. Well, you know what? LeBron can say that he doesn't support the playing tournament, which, of course, is hypocritic bullshit. But we usually these last week or two of the season, daily dings would be pretty boring. But the play-in tournament, these are the most exciting ones of the whole year. I mean, I'm loving this. The NBA is more thrilling every single night because there's, like, legitimate playoff stuff happening every single night. And that is why we do ridiculous reforms in basketball. And that's why we bring in Keith Parrish to join us for his first official Daily Ding co-host performance. I thought he did a terrific job. Uh, Keith, where can we find you on the interwebs? Just check me out on Twitter, Fast Break Break. If you're a Grizzlies fan, feel free to subscribe to Grits and Grinds, uh, my Grizzlies podcast. But yeah, Fast Break Break on Twitter. I'll get you all the stuff you need. You know, I'm going to go make some grits right now. Extra butter, too. It's got to be nice and smooth. So that is going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about all of our terrific NBA pods across the Athletic Podcast Network. We have No Dunks. We have House of Strauss. We have the Athletic NBA show. Plus, we have all the team-specific podcasts if you want to get that team-specific stuff. And you can subscribe to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash ding. And you can have Keith say goodbye. Keith, how do we do it? Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs>